The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm here, Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KB TV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KCY, channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade cast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street, the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God, for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple of Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kali for 97 years, and our prayer tall, the first of its kind in Hawaii, used exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lock Mom on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel work to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Today, we celebrate President's Day and Valentine's Day. An occasion many look forward to an anticipation of giving to or receiving from someone special an expression of love. Jesus expressed his great love for us when he died on the cross for the remission of sins and rose again triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. The salvation of our souls is the greatest gift we can receive. His love puts a joy in our hearts and when the joy and that kindness is shared with others, it makes the world a happy place. 
To begin our music program, we call upon the church choir who will sing the song entitled, Show a Little Bit of Love and Kindness. They're led by choir director Emilia Hahn, accompanied by Edith Matsuka on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. Please join in and sing along with our choir, following the words on your screen. Up next, the church band will play the number entitled, Oh, How I Love Jesus, led by yours truly. Praise and thank the Lord that we love him because he first loved us.
Love Us Win is our next musical number sung by Seneca Rose Han. A beautiful voice for a beautiful song. Seneca Rose is accompanied by Yard Shulun piano, Associate Pass Marvin Bing on the bass, Trustee Associate Pass at Evans Brook Senior, Mason Asano Senior on the guitars, and Iris Locke on the drums.
The members of the church choir will sing a medley or upbeat song entitled Joy Medley. They are accompanied by Rose Bachelcott on the organ. Please join in and sing along with our choir once again, following the words on your screen. is our instrumentalist today. She will play a lovely rendition of Sweet By and By on the Art Harp.
we call upon the vocal group Saints in Harmony to sing Jesus, the light of the world. Yes, Jesus surely is our light. And for those who have yet to accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, one can be, he can be your light as well, if you will but hear his voice and accept his earnest call. When we trust in him to be our light and let him into our hearts, he keeps us smiling when we are down, gives us the ability to laugh when we are weary, and courage to go on when we are faced with adversity. Will you let him into your hearts today? This uplifting song is dedicated to a loving and happy couple, Billy and Sally Spotcalf. Thank you for all that you do for the Lord and the gospel work. May the Lord continue to be your light and guide in all that you do, and may his great love surround you daily. Have a joyful and blessed day. Mercy, our 
And praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight, on station KGBY-TV Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning a schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services start at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. And prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches and services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaneri Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. L. Verio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinlo in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, 
and by Pastor Vespera Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Tomorrow we will celebrate President's Day, a holiday observed to recognize all the presidents who have ever were elected to preside over this great country we call America. According to God's word, it is our duty to obey the laws of the land, to honor the leaders of this nation as well as the leaders of these islands, and to pray that they will rule in the fear of God and not man. And now, television viewers, let me direct you to 2 Samuel 23, verses 1 to 3, as you read. Now these be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said, And the man who raised up the high and on high, the anointed the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalms of Israel, said, the Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his words were in my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me, He that ruleth over men must be just ruling in the fear of God. And that is exactly what King David did. In turn, we should respect those that rule over us, as we read in Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch over your souls, as they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, and that is unprofitable for you. And finally, remember them in your prayers who have given the word of God and preached the promise of eternal life. With that introduction done, I would like to say that my sermon for today is entitled, Someone Wants You for a Valentine. Yes, we born-again Christians believe that God's promises are yea and amen. Therefore, his promise to return in clouds of glory for his own is not a question of if he's returning, but rather when is he coming back to translate us to our journey's end of eternal life in God's kingdom. Therefore, I sincerely ask the Lord that my message will cause you to seize the moment to accept Jesus as your Savior. In fact, I implore of you, don't let today become one of missed opportunity. Have you ever felt sorry for yourself because someone else received more Valentines than you did? Or have you ever felt sorry for someone who received just one Valentine? Valentine's Day is a special day to us because it is especially wonderful to have been loved and have people tell us so. Yes, love is displayed when one gives or receives a valentine, but there is something more wonderful than receiving valentine from a friend. It is to know that the heart of Jesus Christ is loving and large enough to take us all in and no one needs to be left out. Jesus came from the heart of God and he is God's valentine to us. This is important because if ever we did not receive one valentine, we shouldn't mind because we know that Jesus loves us. We know he loves people regardless of race, creed, or color. God looks at the heart and not the outward appearance. There was a time when his disciples were afraid, and Jesus had to reassure them. Let us read John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus knew that he was about to go forth to die, but instead of asking for help and comfort, he spent these last hours comforting his disciples. After he had talked with them, he prayed with them, and then after they had sung a hymn together, he went apart to the Garden of Gethsemane, from which he was taken by the soldiers and crucified. The greatest thing that Jesus did to show his love was to die for us, that our sins could be forgiven. We deserve to be punished because our hearts are sinful, but Jesus made it possible for our hearts to become clean. He took our sins upon himself when he died on the cross. It was only through the shedding of his blood that there could be remission of sins from that moment forward. Most Valentines are heart-shaped. There are over 750 verses in the Bible that mention the heart. From these, we discovered that one's heart, one means one's whole self. 
And thus we say, I love you with all my heart. The heart thinks, feels, loves, and acts. Viewers, did you know that your heart is you? When God says in the Bible, give me your heart, he is saying, give me yourself. Your heart is like a house. It has a door. And Jesus wants you to open that door and let it enter in, as we read in Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Our Lord Jesus pictures himself at the end of the church age as outside the church, though not outside the true church, of course. Even so, he's still waiting to be gracious to all who are willing to let him into their hearts. This gracious invitation is for everyone who will hear his voice. Here where he gives his final invitation, the time he calls today is just about over. Therefore, the day of your salvation has arrived. If you will but hear his voice and open the door of your heart to accept him as Savior, Master, and Lord. We are a miracle in God's creation. Think of your heart. This rugged organ consists of four chambers, four valves, pump which handles 5,000 gallons of blood a day, an amount that nearly fills a railroad tank car. The heart supplies the blood essential to the body's circulatory system, which consists of 12,000 miles of vessels, and in the course of a lifetime, the heart beats two and one half billion times. Through your body is a marvel of God's handiwork. It is your life, which is far more wonderful than the body's physical functions. Yes, we are each a masterpiece of creation and a spiritual and physical well-being made to share His glory and reign over the earth, if we so choose. It's true, each one of us is a special creation of God. Believe it or not, no one else is just like you. Your physical appearance, your voice and personality traits, your good habits, intelligence, personal tastes, and your innocent childlike spirit together make you one of a kind. Even your fingerprints distinguish you from every other human being on earth, past, present, or future. You are not the product of some assembly line. You are unique. But the most important facet of your identity is that God created you in His own image. He made you so you could share in His creation, loving, laughing, and knowing Him on a person-to-person -person basis. You are special indeed. Read Psalms 139, 13 to 17. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lower parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my memories were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are the thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life when we are born again. If we reject the Lord and His salvation, then our names are blotted out, and there is no salvation for us. We read Hebrews 9.27, And as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. In other words, after death there is no salvation, only judgment. It is the heart that rules the world, and it is governed by love, for faith worketh by love. The likes and dislikes of mankind rule the world. Read in Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The importance of the heart is stressed throughout the Word of God. It is from the heart that mouth speaketh. The child of God is able to keep his heart with total diligence because within him the Holy Spirit lives. Read 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. What? Knowing not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not of your own self? For we are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. The price is the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of us realize how important it is to obtain a clean heart when we remember that we cannot enter heaven without it? 
Morality will keep us out of jail, but it will take holiness to keep us out of hell. Jesus said in Matthew 5 eight, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. It always remains true that the poor in spirit rather than the proud are blessed and those who mourn because of their sins who are meek in the consciousness of them and who hunger and thirst after righteousness can be sure they will be satisfied. The merciful and blessed, the pure in heart, do see God. The wicked shall come to know Jesus and offend the judge. Let's take, for example, the rich man and Lazarus. Read in Luke 16, 20-24. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. That is Abraham's bosom, meaning paradise. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Thus we see that hell is separated from paradise by an impassable gulf, as we read in the 26th verse. And beside all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. The word hell is a translation of another word which speaks of a place where rebels against God are chained until the day of judgment arrives. This place is the deep and abyss, a bottomless pit, a place of judgment. The Lord Jesus Christ has the keys, and finally they will be cast into the lake of fire, the second death. The Lord warned men of the certainty of hell, and he himself provided the means of escape from that horrible destiny when he assumed man's sins and punishment upon the cross of Calvary. Please note from this time, from this story, that hell is an actual place of torment, wherein the rebels will still be able to think and feel there throughout eternity. Saints and viewers, in today's TV audience, I hope and pray that you have a good, clean heart because it is the only thing which is presently keeping you out of hell. Just imagine anyone not saved is only one heartbeat from hell. If one persists in his sins and is never born again of watching of the Spirit, and then should he die in his sin, the very moment his heart stops beating, his soul will be in hell. Thus, we now find the rich man making a plea to the father, asking him to send Lazarus to his father's house. Read verses 28 to 31. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Yes, Jesus, who rose from the dead, who went about doing good, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, was still rejected and crucified by the people. No matter how moral righteous we may be, Romans 3, 23 tells us, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. The heart is desperately wicked, and every imagination of thought of the heart is evil continually. Reading Mark 7, 21-23, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. The Lord Jesus presents in illogical order the three forms in which sin appears. One, in human nature, out of the heart. Two, in the human mind having evil thoughts, and three, in human action, adulteries, fornications, murders, and so forth. Today, we are living in a generation where a person with brains is considered more important than a person with a good heart. This is one of the reasons the world is confused and upside down. Read Romans 10, 9 to 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with a mouth, confession is made unto salvation. 
Over 2,000 years ago, there lived a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who had a heart of gold and was a ruler of the Jews. He was among the best men in his community at that time. He was truly a religious man. He attained great heights in the study of religion and lived a strict, devout life. In fact, he was a member of the select called the Sanhedrin, which was virtually a religious Supreme Court. However, he realized being religious was not good enough to enter into the kingdom of God. He needed to be born again. There are many men like Nicodemus today. They live good, clean lives. They serve well in civic life. They are honest in business. They are good to their families. They even go to church and contribute to worthy causes. But let me tell you, that is not enough. You can't rest your hope of entering heaven upon your own goodness or works. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, and the Lord spoke to Nicodemus like he's speaking to you right now about the new birth. Let us read John 3, 2. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Just as we can picture Nicodemus coming to Jesus, we should also see a similar picture which would include the entire human race coming to Jesus. Nicodemus came by night because anyone caught consorting with Jesus was cast out of the synagogue. Therefore, here is Nicodemus the religious leader who slipped out under the cover of darkness to see Jesus. Under his long robe, there was a heart which was hungry for something better than what he had. Surely Nicodemus was not satisfied with the rites and ceremonies in which he participated. Jesus told Nicodemus, you have a religion, position, and power, but unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. A man in this world may see the great sights of it, but if he has never been born again, he will never see the kingdom of God. Reading John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What kingdom was Jesus talking about? There is a mineral kingdom where one finds all manner of stones and jewels, but the God's kingdom outshines even that. There is a vegetable kingdom where one finds exotic trees, plants, and flowers, but God's kingdom will be filled with beauty beyond that. Then there is the animal kingdom as well. However, Jesus had the following to say to Nicodemus as we read in John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the seventh verse he reads, Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. To be born of the Spirit means to speak in an unknown tongue or language, which is the Bible's way of proving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, Nicodemus had never heard anything like this before. When Jesus used the word born, Nicodemus could all think of nothing but that physical birth. Thus, he questioned, how can these things be? I'm an old man. Can I go back into my mother's womb the second time and be born? With all his religious background, we can see that Nicodemus didn't understand the spiritual truths. The second birth is a spiritual birth, as you read in John 3, 8. The wind bloweth where it listed, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. In other words, the work of the Holy Spirit in saving men is like the wind. It is from heaven, though it cannot be seen, and its power and work can never be fully understood. It can be heard, it is very powerful, and finally it gives life, and it was the breath of life which made man a living soul. Thus we are informed that baptism is essential to salvation. Without proper baptism, it will be impossible to enter into the kingdom of God. The most essential element of water baptism is that it be consummated in the name of Jesus Christ according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Without his name, all water baptism is null and void. One is born can't be unborn. 
I was born of my father and mother and I'll always be their child. And since I am born of water and of the Spirit, I'll always be a child of God. Ezra 12 declares, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no name in this world that is comparable to the name of Jesus. Yes, all you have to do is repent and receive Jesus as your Savior. You are only one heartbeat from hell. If you are still in your sins and have not been born again, whether it seems logical to you or not, your eternal destiny depends on your acceptance or rejection of the Son of God. As you read in 1 John 5, 12, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Only one heartbeat from hell. Do not rest your lords in the false security of your own morality or your own good works or even your own church membership. The salvation of your soul is of the utmost urgency. It is later than you think. We need God's help as we read in Titus 3, 4 to 5. But after the kindness and love God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, there is no time to lose. Don't lay aside this precious salvation until you have first realized your need of eternal forgiveness to Jesus and then having looked by faith unto Him, who said in John 6, 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and he that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Today you can be one heartbeat from heaven instead of one heartbeat from hell. Therefore examine your heart. Once upon a time there lived a man in a house that was shaped like a heart. One evening while he was sitting on the back porch, a dirty tramp came up to him and asked if he could sleep in the corner of one of these rooms. The owner of the house said, You, might may, stay, uh, you may stay tonight, but you must leave in the morning. The tramp agreed to do this. When the man asked the tramp for his name, he was told that it was Mr. Jealousy. When morning came, the tramp refused to leave and asked to stay another night. Mr. Jealousy kept on staying at the man's house. One night, Mr. Jealousy brought home some friends, Mr. Selfishness, Mr. Hate, Mr. Meanness, and Mr. Sin. The owner of the house grew tired of his guests and friends and told them that they had to leave. They said, we will not leave. The owner of the house found the answer in the Bible, God's word said that if you would let Jesus come into his heart house, God's son would make the other men leave, for they cannot live with Jesus. The man prayed and committed the bad spiritual into the hands of Jesus. Jesus did come into the man's heart house, and all of the champs left. Jesus brought his good friends with him, Mr. Love, Mr. Joy, peace, goodness, and faith. If you would like to know about God's Word, the church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hong Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come to your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of His hands. May you all have a happy Valentine's Day. And now the church band will conclude today's telecast with a lovely song, He Keeps Me Singing.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.